It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. You are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, everyone? Welcome in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. As always, I want to say thank you for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. The Locked On Louisville podcast is free on all streaming services, five days a week, your team, every day. We are two days away from Louisville and Clemson squaring off in Cardinal Stadium, 7.30 kickoff on Saturday evening. We're going to identify two key players to watch for both Louisville and Clemson in that matchup. We'll identify and analyze three keys to the game that the Cardinals need to focus on to come out victorious in this contest. And then finally, the Louisville basketball team finishing the final of two exhibition matches before the regular season starts, this time defeating the West Georgia Wolves 103-51 to last evening. We're going to talk about some takeaways from that matchup. Before we get into the content of today's show, like I said, my name is Dalton Pence. For those who are not aware of who I am, I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a recruiting analyst and a football beat writer, and also do some various PA announcer work for the university in, in various sports. You can follow me on Twitter at dpence underscore, and the podcast Twitter pages at LO underscore Louisville. So starting this thing off, let's identify two key players. First, beginning with the Louisville Cardinals, uh, the first one will be on offense, and it's going to be Malik Cunningham. And I, you know, I hate, you know, you're going to say, hey, Dalton, you're you're putting the quarterback in it again. You said you wouldn't do that. I get it. I know. But I also said that context does matter when you look at the last two performances from Malik Cunningham against Boston College and NC State. Sure, he had a good day on the ground against Boston College, but in the past two matchups against the Eagles and the Wolfpack, Malik Cunningham really hasn't been all that great throwing the ball. 
um, has you know made some poor decisions that have led to interceptions. He's over or underthrown guys, missed some reads. It just seems like he was more comfortable in the previous four games than he has been in the last two. This is going to be a key phenomenon to watch in this game because of Clemson's very strong defense and their very good defensive line play. So Malik Cunningham has got to be on the money as a signal caller in this one. We know how gifted of an athlete he is, but this is not you know, pertaining to him getting out in the open and making guys miss on the ground. This is about, you know, strictly as a quarterback, sustaining drives and just moving the ball down the field because at the end of the day, it's going to be a matter of how many points can the Louisville offense score against the Clemson defense. That is the key thing to watch. Moving over to the defensive side of things, this really isn't one player, but I'm going to go with a trio in Trey Franklin, Greedy Vance, and Chandler Jones with the loss of Kittrell Clark with the season-ending ACL injury. The secondary is going to have to step up big time, and you know more especially in the cornerback room, considering that you're losing one of the best cornerbacks in the ACC. So the focus now turns to, okay, veteran Chandler Jones is going to have to step up you know, more. You're going to have to see newcomers um, like Trey Franklin, who's been playing pretty well over the past couple weeks, had an interception against Boston College in a one-on-one um, scenario. He's been playing well. And then you have Greedy Vance, who has been – who has been, for the most part, impressive all season long. It's going to be a by-committee. Not one player is going to be able to take on the load that Cottrell Clark had and guard the opposing team's number one wide receiver. It just so happens in this one, however, Justin Ross, I know the production may not show it this season due to the quarterback play, but he is a first-round talent. If it wasn't for that back injury, there's no doubt in my mind that he goes in the first round of the 2021 NFL Draft. I mean, you could go back to 2019 when Ross was tearing up the Alabama Crimson Tide in the um, national championship game. It was just a phenomenal performance from him. He has great chemistry with Trevor Lawrence. I know who's a generational quarterback, but at the end of the day, you could see that talent. You know, the talent is still there. The quarterback production might not be, but there is no doubt um, a lot of talent on that wide receiving core for Clemson. Not only just Justin Ross, there's a handful of other players as well to focus on. Speaking of Clemson and players to focus on for the Tigers on offense, it is running back Will Shipley, true freshman um, who has really busted onto the scene after some injuries, leads the Tigers with 79 attempts, 391 yards, uh, seven touchdowns. The Clemson rushing attack is very balanced. I mean, there are three guys with over 220 yards. So this is an offense that has struggled all around, but one of the bright spots is Will Shipley, an all-purpose back, ranked as a high four-star in the last recruiting class. Very shifty, quick back that if you allow him to get into the second line of defense, it's going to spell trouble. For the Louisville defense, so you're going to have to um, you'll contain him. He is definitely a player to watch, and he, with that offensive line, could have a big day if the Cardinals aren't able to stop him in the backfield. That speed is going to be something to monitor. On the defensive side of things for the Tigers, this shouldn't really be a surprise. James Skalski, the quarterback of the Clemson defense, as Scott Satterfield called him in his weekly Monday press conference, leads the team with 63 total tackles. There isn't another Tiger within 10 tackles of Skalski. I mean, he is just one of those guys that when you watch him play, his you know, experience, his impact, so to speak, you know, goes far beyond what you see in the box score. 
He definitely is the quarterback of that defense, the leader, you know, the vocal leader. It seems like, you know, from Ben Bullware to, you know, passing it down to now Skalski, there's always been, you know, a key primary linebacker that is uh, leading the way for the Tigers with a mobile quarterback like Malik Cunningham. You know, the linebacking core is going to be crucial and pivotal for the Clemson Tigers in trying to stop the Louisville offense, and it begins with the best player on the defense, and that is James Skalski, a veteran guy who's played a ton of games for Dabo Sweeney. He knows the defense like the back of his hand that Brent Venables likes to run, and at the end of the day, it's going to be a challenge for Louisville to outwit him. But make no mistake about it, this Clemson defense as a whole is extremely solid. We're going to touch more on that here in just um, a couple minutes, but there's a couple other guys that I had considered for this. You had Andrew Makuba, the big-time safety, Andrew Boot Jr., the cornerback who is a projected first-round pick. I mean, they have a handful of guys on that um, you know, defensive line like K.J. Henry, uh, you know, moving on, you know, through the rest of the defense, there are a ton of standouts. But for me, it's Skalski because everything running through him, he's the one calling out the plays. He's the one directing guys at the line of scrimmage. So being able to have a coach of the defense right in the heart of it is such a luxury to have. He kind of plays a role that Monty Montgomery sort of tried to fill into in 2021. So James Skalski and Will Shipley for the Tigers, Malik Cunningham and the trio of defensive backs that are looking to replace Kittrell Clark. For the cards, the key players to watch in this matchup. Let's transition over into the three keys to the game for the Louisville Cardinals to come out victorious against the Clemson Tigers. We'll talk about those in just a second right after we talk about our friends at McDonald's. The title sponsor of the show has been proudly serving communities since 1965, and it's always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi. And win or lose, it's a place where teams, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come in to recharge. And it's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I remember senior year of high school after every home football game on Preston Highway. We used to always go to the McDonald's down there by I-65 and just hang out, talk about the game, relish on a win and kind of sulk on a loss, but ultimately a great time with friends. I know that McDonald's has a different representation for everyone else, and I think that's the beauty of it. So do yourself a favor. Head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. The fries, the food in general, the atmosphere, I'm loving it, and you should too. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, so we are talking the keys to the game for Louisville against Clemson in this Saturday evening matchup at Cardinal Stadium. The three keys are as follows. It's winning the field position battle, winning the turnover battle, and forcing the Clemson offense into third and long situations. 
So we're going to start out with the field position battle. And I think all of three of these are kind of cliche. You could say, well, Dalton, I mean, that's the key to winning any football game, right? Yes, but when you specifically look at this matchup, field position is going to be critical. After all, it was a big-time factor in that matchup against NC State. It seemed like Louisville struggled to move the ball against the Wolfpack. The, the team got most of their possessions, it seemed like, inside the 15-yard line in the first half, while the opposition was more so the 25 and further. So it definitely does matter. And when you look at how polarizingly different the offense and the defense are for the Tigers, offensively, they are 112th out of 130 in points per game, 21.2. But you flip that on its head on the defense, and the Tigers have the third-best scoring defense in the country, only allowing 15.2 points per game to the opposition. So winning the field position battle is going to be critical because not only do you give your offense you know, a better chance to score against this defense, but also pinning a Clemson offense that struggles deep in their own territory, forcing them to get sustainable drives to move down the field and get their points, You know, working hard for their points. That's where this you know, comes into play for Louisville. It's the small things that we talk about seemingly every single week, and that's the reason why I feel like the Cards outgain their opponent, but at the end of the day have been losing more than winning per se. So it's just a matter of doing the little things correct, and one of the aspects of doing the little things in the right way is winning the field position battle, setting yourself up in a position where you don't have to start with your back on the goal line or you have to focus on a, you know, not allowing a safety or a, a big-time turnover. And then you're also, in turn, not having to worry about, okay, they're already at like the 35 or 40-yard line, a couple first downs, and you're thinking field goal, and it's a stressful situation for the defense. So I think it's a two-way street. I think the defense has to you know, force the Clemson offense to work, and the Louisville offense is going to have to you know, sustain drives against that very, very good Clemson defense and really take advantage of of being in scoring position and capitalizing on that when it happens. So that is the real big-time thing for me in this matchup, probably the most important thing because I think it's going to be a battle of chess. It's going to be a low-scoring affair. If it becomes a shootout, that is not good for the Cardinals because it means that the Clemson offense has finally woke up from their dormant state uh, for the past eight games or so. That is not a good sign for Louisville. So, you know, another aspect of doing the little things right is winning the turnover battle. And I usually wouldn't say this, but after what the Cardinals have done in the past two, you know, games of the season, you look at Boston College, I think there were, what, four turnovers for the Cards? I get it. It was raining, you know, very steadily. It was a, you know, a steady downpour. You know, ball security's tough, but throwing into double coverage is not a result of the rain. And holding on to the football, I get it, it's raining, but you know that's one of the things that you have to do to win football games. Every team goes through it. So Clemson, not necessarily dominating the turnover margin, but not necessarily turning the ball over a ton either. They, I think their differential in turnovers is like plus .3. So they're very even on the season. A team that doesn't create a lot of turnovers, but they also don't turn the ball over at an alarming rate either. So you're going to have to win the turnover battle in this matchup, in my opinion, forcing DJU, DJ Uagale. I, I you know, forgive me. I feel like I, I try to pronounce it every day. And, um, but for this sake, we're going to call him DJU. Uh, I know a lot of uh, Clemson 
reporters and media call him that. So, you know, DJU is is a player with a strong arm. You know, his decision making has been skeptical at some points this season and his overall grasp of, you know, the play as it comes about has seemingly been, you know, rough as well in terms of making reads. So, forcing DJU to throw into tight windows of space, you know, making him make his reads quicker that, you know, that in turn, you know, probably implies that the Louisville defense is bringing more heat than usual like they have in the past couple weeks. So winning the turnover battle, it's just as simple as, you know, keeping the ball secure as a, as a runner or also not forcing the ball into tight windows if you're Malik Cunningham. It's just as simple as that. That's how you beat a team that is not playing well on offense and that's really good on defense. You know, you can't let their defense beat you to the point where you put their offense in very, very favorable situations. So you have to focus on the little things here, and it starts with winning the field position battle, winning the turnover battle, and now finally, you know, back to that Clemson offense, it's limiting the big-time plays. There's one thing that is evident about this team and about Dabo Sweeney's Tigers over the past however many years. That is the fact that there is a ton, and I mean a ton, of talent all over the field on both sides. They just haven't really been able to put it together. They replace a lot from the past year. Um, and But there's a ton of great talent. I mean, DJU has a very strong arm. Scott Satterfield said, look, this is one of the strongest arms that we'll see all season long. You know, DJU just under 1,300 yards, 55.7 completion percentage, five touchdowns, six interceptions. So it's not necessarily like the arm strength isn't there. It's really just a matter of, you know, just making the right decisions. But they have a handful of, you know, solid running backs. DJU can get out and run when he needs to. Will Shipley, Kobe Pace, the two feature backs for the Clemson Tigers. And not to mention, like I said, Justin Ross is a first-round talent. Joseph Nocta, Davis Allen, the tight end. There's a handful of receivers that are going to really have to be attended to on the field they're averaging about 10.1 yards per reception uh justin ross is that main guy despite only having 39 receptions and 426 yards he is you know a player that every time he touches the ball it can turn into a house call because he's that dynamic we've seen him do it against some of the nation's top cornerbacks over the years and if it wasn't for that back injury he was going first round and he may end up going first round this year so Overall, it's the little things for me. It is winning the turnover battle. It is winning the field position battle. And at the end of the day, it is also limiting the big-time play for the Clemson Tigers on offense. I get it. It's very cliche-sounding. It sounds like a general, you know, okay, here are three things you need to do to win any football game. But for a team that has been struggling to execute on the little things that have added up to create some close losses for the Louisville Cardinals. It's things that we have to talk about. So ultimately, those are the three key games. We're going to continue to preview this matchup tomorrow as we head in to that Saturday contest. I want to flip the script, focus on the Louisville basketball exhibition win 103-51 to over the West Georgia Wolves yesterday evening. First, let's talk about our friends at Bet Online. We're back and we're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. 
all you have to do is use the promo code locked on to receive that bonus. And from football, basketball, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 campaign. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So the Cardinals winning 103-51 to over the West Georgia Wolves. I saw some very encouraging things in this matchup, some things that the Cards need to work on, but I caution you to look at it in this way. It is an exhibition game. Let us treat it as such. Let's begin with the first half. The Cards actually started out slow in this one. I know that they ended up with 54 first half points, but just about halfway to go to halftime, the cards had less than 20 points, and I think that was more of a testament, you know, as they got to that 54 of just this fast-paced offense. I thought the defensive intensity in the first half was what kind of propelled the Louisville offense to get going. Overall, five Louisville Cardinals scored in double figures in this contest. Noah Locke, Malik Williams, Sam Williamson, Dre Davis, and Matt Cross. So offensively, it's more of the same from what we saw against the matchup against Kentucky State last Friday. There's a ton of ball movement. It's very different from what we saw last year. Instead of having Carly Jones and or David Johnson handle the ball for the majority of the shot clock, there's a ton of ball movement. There's a lot of movement without the ball. You can see the sets being drawn up for shooters. The cards shot pretty well against the Wolves in this matchup, 11 for 23, which is good for 48%. And defensively, on the other hand, the cards held the Wolves 5 for 26, which is 19%. Overall, cards 57% from the field to West Georgia's 30%. The Louisville offense was much more efficient than the opposition, which should come as a surprise to no one. But let's call a spade a spade here. It is an exhibition game, and we should treat it as such. Just because they beat a D2 school in West Georgia, no disrespect to the Wolves, but just calling it how it is, just because they beat this team by almost 50 points does not, actually, yes, over 50 points. But regardless, this is not you know a opportunity to have a knee-jerk reaction. What you need to do is you should be able to highlight the positives, which are you know, good three-point shooting, the ball was flowing, and despite not having, you know, uh, a strong offensive start, the cards were able to propel the offense into going with a strong defensive first half, and not only that, there were a handful of other guys just showing the overall depth of this team, and it's going to be a fun season for the cards. You know, not only should you be highlighting the encouraging things, but also acknowledging the things that this team needs to work on. I mean, let's face it, it's the second exhibition game. It is the first week of November. This team is not going to have it figured out by the first regular season game next Tuesday as they host Southern. It's not going to happen. I mean, this for the first time in a long time for the Louisville basketball program, you know, there are a good amount of new faces more 
more so than, you know, like I mentioned in recent history. I mean, this is a team that completely had a roster overhaul. They brought in a handful of freshmen, some JUCO guys, you know, and, you know, a boatload of transfers to this team that's going to take a little while for the overall rotations to gel, you know, for Chris Mack to find. Okay, which player should start? Which player should come off the bench as a spark of energy? Um, what are the situational rotations? I mean, so on and so forth. I mean, it's a grind, and you shouldn't be peaking in November and December. The real testament to how good this team should be should be gauged in conference play in late January, in February, going into March. So I'm not necessarily going to be as nitpicky in this first month of November, knowing that this team is going to go through some growing pain and rotational cohesion and overall just teammate chemistry on the court when you're not playing the other players on your team in intra-squad scrimmages. So you, know, you have to understand, yes, you know there are some great things that happen in this game, some very encouraging things. I mean, it's going to be a fun team. This team is going to have an electric offense, in my opinion. They're going to score a lot of points. And I think they have a lot of good individual defenders that can add to a cohesive defense that makes it tough for teams to score against them and get a lot of success. So, I mean, and then you have to focus, like I mentioned, on some things that we should get better on. I mean, this is a team that hasn't necessarily played with each other that much outside of practice. I mean, this is the second exhibition game of the season. Things aren't going to go as smoothly. You focus on the little things. I think Chris Mack and you know Dre Davis, Matt Cross, the players who have been interviewed, have all kind of said um, you know a variation of the same you know iteration, and that is okay. We are just focusing on the little things right now, fine tuning things, and I think that that's the right answer. I mean, I think that you know honestly that's what it is. I mean, you're learning to play with each other, and just like any team, it's just a matter of clicking at the right time. So just give this team some time, have some patience. I know that there are some high expectations for them and we'll talk about those as the season tips off but overall I mean you know a very solid result I mean there's not too much to gain from it and if you lose the exhibition well then there is a big problem but ultimately it is just that an exhibition match there it's not something that we should look too much into like I mentioned you call a spade a spade you highlight the positives you focus on the negatives and you get better I mean it's a long season the good thing that is very evident for the cards in this respective season is the fact that there is depth for the first time in the Chris Mack era. Year four, there is a ton of it. I mean, I find myself having to question, okay, who is starting for this team and who's coming the first off the bench? And what I tell Louisville fans, you know, leading up to this point is this is such a luxury to have that we haven't necessarily had in the past couple years. And this is a good problem. I know it can kind of be a little bit of a headache, but don't get it twisted. This is a good problem. You know, at the guard position, Jared West and Noah Locke look the part. I mean, I'm impressed with their ability to shoot the deep ball and defend. I mean, they're very solid leaders, and it looks like the team plays extremely well when both of them are on the court. In my opinion, L. Ellis is the most talented player on this roster. I'm excited to see what he does, um, presumably, probably as a second unit guy, a guy that comes off the bench as a sixth or seventh man. You know, he's looked very good. And then turning to the front court, we see the pairing of Malik Williams and Jalen Withers and what it can do to opposing defenses. I think both of their ability to pass the ball 
is such a luxury to have, you know, especially it kind of reminds me of like Trez and Gorgie in a sense in 2013, how they were able to, you know, have like a two-man game going between the two of them. Very successful in the first two exhibition games against Kentucky State and West Georgia. And behind them, you know, you have a, a bully ball in Sidney Curry and what he's able to do around the rim. I'm interested to see how Gabe Wisnitzer fits into this rotation. I thought that J.J. Trainer in sparse minutes has looked you know, pretty solid. You have guys like Roosevelt Wheeler as well who's showing some you know, promise. So for the first time in quite some time, Louisville has some depth in the front court. But where I'm really interested to see the future is at wing because I'm not necessarily sure how Chris Mack is going to defy these minutes. I mean, there is a handful of guys. I mean, Sam Williamson, Dre Davis, both of them have been showing out in their respective ways. Sam has been really, you know, getting a good grasp on his true offensive identity as a basketball player, becoming, you know, a full-time slasher pretty much, utilizing the mid-range. And instead of kind of going to floaters, focusing more on the layups and dunks, utilizing his size and athleticism as a mismatch against inferior opposition. Dre Davis is kind of in the same boat. He's been very, very solid in terms of you know, creating for himself, and then you have Matt Cross, which has been shooting, you know, basketballs from Third Street, it seems like. I mean, he has the range that was advertised. And then you have a guy like a late addition and Mason Faulkner, who can both handle the ball and play off the ball. And that's something to focus on, you know, with his defense. He's a guy that averaged over 16 points per game against Western Carolina last year. You know, played very well against a lengthy team like Florida State. So you have a handful of different guys on this team, and it's just a matter of, okay, where are these minutes coming from? What are the rotations going to look like? Who's the first man off the bench? Are we going to see different starters based upon different matchups? So on and so forth. So overall, you highlight the good, you know, you focus on the negatives, and you just move on and try to get better, and that's, that's the good thing about these exhibition games. So overall, talked about the key players to watch for Louisville Clemson, the three keys to the game for the Cardinals in that matchup, and then gave initial takeaways in the last exhibition game for the Louisville Cardinal basketball team. Tomorrow, it's going to be more so based upon football. We're going to highlight the big recruiting weekend the Cardinal program has Heading into this weekend of Clemson, and then we'll finish our analysis and preview of that matchup. 7.30 kickoff on Saturday evening. I want to give a couple quick shout-outs. First of the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast, you can find the regular episode that was published on Sunday and the game day prep that came out yesterday at cardinalsportszone.com. Definitely check that out. Learn about Clemson. Um, you know, Talk about the loss against NC State. Some good content there. And then the Locked on ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. A good way to learn about the beginning of the basketball season in the ACC. You'll get a state of the athletics department in the conference. And then, you know, at the very least, learn about some of the opponents coming up in Duke and Syracuse for the cards. But that's going to wrap up this Thursday edition of the show. Everyone have a great day, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 